Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. So this is the second movie we've chosen where a member of the Devil's family is trying to bang a mortal chick. I think we have a problem, Mike. You might want to look into that. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palilla. With me as always, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Mike. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Ed. That's right, sir. Uh, today's movie, End of Days, uh, came out in November 24th, 1999. It came out the same day as Toy Story 2. Which is prob one of the reasons why it did not do very well in theaters. Uh, the movie was budgeted at a hundred million dollars. It only made sixty-six million dollars in the United States. It managed to top out at two hundred eleven million worldwide, which actually kind of surprises me a little bit that it did that well. But when, when, I, when I was reading a little, just a little bit of side about it, it's just like a lot of like the international and like DVD sales and stuff like that. I guess did pretty well. Well, that's just even two hundred eleven million in the theaters. I'm sure DVDs, and it's had itself a fair cable run uh, over time as well. This is one of several movies, and I, I have a list later that either deals with New Year's Eve or the Millennium. So I wrote down a couple of those to, to talk about later. But th- that was kind of a theme as we were approaching the Millennium. People decided to jump on that, and Hollywood had their their field day with it a little bit. Cast of the movie, good old Arnold Schwarzenegger played Jericho Kane. This is the first of many Arnold Schwarzenegger movies we're going to be doing. Kevin Pollock played his part. Gabriel Byrne played Satan, or also known as just the man, uh, as he played the investment banker. Robert Tunney played Christine, and... One of the best names I've ever heard. I don't know how I didn't know this name before. CCH Pounder I, I, was her name. She played Detective Marge I, Francis. I've heard the name before, but that just sounds like it should be the porn star's name. Yes, it does. It does sound like it should be like a the porn number star's four in the McDonald's, you know, like menu, the CCH Pounder, you know, like. <laughs> that actually should be the CCH Pounder, like. <laughs> Maybe it's like a chicken pound, chick, a pound of chicken it's sandwich like kind of thing. Quarter chicken pounder-ish. hamburger pounder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple other characters that I'm going to get into once you read off the plot because they're in the very beginning that 
had small parts in this movie, and they're both in the same movie from about seven or eight years earlier. But I, I'm going to save them till because they're very, very mm-hmm. small parts. Uh, that's that, it's really a small cast, though. It really just is Arnold and Robin Tunney running around. So why don't you uh, read the give us the the plot synopsis, Mike? <clears throat> All right, we are beginning the movie takes place Vatican City, Rome, 1979. We see the dreaded celestial display called the Eye of God, which is essentially a comic arching above the moon, which looks like an eyebrow. We learn from the Pope that a very special child will be born that day. Cut to the same year in New York City, a baby girl is born. A nurse takes the infant and races down to the basement of the hospital where the child is anointed with the blood of a freshly killed rattlesnake before being returned to the arms of its mother. 20 years later, in the closing days of 1999, Satan visits New York in search of his bride to bear the Antichrist. Jericho Kane is an alcoholic security specialist whose wife and daughter were tragically murdered. Rather conveniently, Satan has taken the form of an investment banker whom Jericho and his partner Chicago are in charge of protecting. But when a tongueless priest starts taking shots at the man, Jericho find themselves investigating a series of puzzling events. Having tracked down Christine, Jericho learns he must protect her from the clutches of Satan. If the Prince of Darkness manages to do his dirty deeds precisely between 11 p.m. and midnight, Christine will give birth to the Antichrist, who will put an end to the world forever. Arnold and Christine run around New York, avoiding Satanists and Satan himself. In the final scene, we find Arnold and Christine in a church. Christine hides, and Arnold becomes possessed by Satan. In the year's final moments, Jericho dives on a sword, protruding from a statue, from a statue, sacrificing himself to protect Christine from the clutches of Satan. So here we go, Ed. You know our hero, our our hero Arnold, running, protecting a woman who holds the key to the future of the world firing lots of cool guns at unstoppable foes that relentlessly keep pursuing him. Sound familiar? Uh, is there something with the name Nader Maybe in it? Maybe Terminator 2. <laughs> Very- Maybe Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of, it has the same... If you read it in that context, it's very, very similar. I always like when they do that with movies, when it's uh, someone's wife and children are murdered at the beginning of the movie... His son is kidnapped, and he spends the entire time chasing after that person that did it, and it's Finding Nemo. <laughs> like, it's the way the movie is. Just the way you read the plot off is not actually what, what it is. Something I'll give you a little, the little backstory on Jericho, because I think that's kind of important. He was a Newark police detective, and then that one tragic night, his wife and daughter were murdered by contract killers who broke the department. I'm assuming looking for Jericho, who was out working at the time. Yeah, I I read that too, and I actually had that in the facts later. Yeah. That they don't, they didn't give that backstory. They probably filmed it and then well, just cut it because there's just too you much. You kind of learn about it throughout the movie. You know, he comes becomes kind of like semi suicidal, but a hardcore alcoholic. You know, right? You, there's the scene where Kevin Paula comes to find him. Chicago, Bobby Chicago comes to see him the first time, and they do this kind of. He looks at the gun that's sitting there that. He was as uh, Arnold was sitting on the couch, kind of as an. They never say it, but they kind of hinted the fact that he may have been suicidal, and even he may have 
kind of interrupted it that morning. Yeah, he's he's got the gun. It looks like he's about to, you know, you know, take a bite out of it. And then Pollock comes knocking on the door. So you, you were assuming that he maybe was about to commit suicide. And yeah. Kevin Pollock came in just in time. And you see how Kevin looks at the gun. He kind of, like, knows in his head that, like, Something, something's not it, right. It, he knows the whole situation that he's not in a good place. Now, any of you that listen to our podcast on Constantine know that that will put you in hell. So it's a good thing he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, that's a good if you question. You go back to the end. Self-sacrifice, Arnold? bro. Yeah, I was going to say, when he kills himself on the sword at the end, according to the rules of Constantine, we're doing a little crossover here. You said it's self-sacrifice. He sacrifices himself to save everyone else. Does that does that send him to heaven or send hell? Him to heaven. That's a good I would think so too. Actually, there is. I'll say this now because we're talking about it. There's a, a scene that they filmed and cut that they. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, it's the it, where he like gets resurrected or something. Like that. He's resurrected, and they decided after screening it, they said, "No, let's not do that." I'm but, glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't too. I think just leave it as is. They didn't need to have it because he gets to see his wife and kids, and that's where he's going. So let let the man be in peace. It's not like he was happy alive, anyways. All right, some things from the opening the opening sequence in Vatican City. The Pope is played by someone named Mark Margolis. Mark Margolis would be known as Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad, the grandfather who couldn't mm-hmm. talk. That blew up every blew up the chicken man and everything. But he also was Mr. Shikadance in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. The landlord. He, he plays a you know hard nosed guy pretty much plays a hard nosed guy. That that's very, yeah. very uh accurate. except for he's the Pope in this one. <laughs> yeah, except he's the Pope, but he's kind of a hard nosed Pope. Yeah. He's like these the kid's gotta be killed. And then the doctor who being I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, I thought they were going to try and have the snake bite the baby. So when they cut it open, I was almost thrown off. I, I couldn't remember any of the beginning of it. That His name is Udo Kier. I think it's Kier, K-I-E-R. He also was an Ace Ventura. He plays Ron Camp, the billionaire who owns the yeah, shark. That's right. I about uh, he also is in Blade. He plays a character named Dragonetti, one of the uh, the elders, I guess you could call it. One, he's the one that they drag out and rip out his teeth, and then leave him out in the sun to die. Oh, plot dead. Oh, <laughs> never seen Blade. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blade's been out for as long as this movie. So, yeah. Spoiler alert. Although the Blade, Blade One and Blade Two, we're definitely going to do. I don't know. Well, Blade Three's kind of Udo's been it vampire and about every other movie he's been in i think trying to i i feel he kind of looks like one he's got that look he's got the the really light colored almost gray eyes to go with his gray hair it, it goes he's that natural like vampire like lisp almost you know too when he talks yeah he's i'm gonna guess he's eat some form of eastern european in fact i'm gonna look him up I'm while we're while we're I'm sitting here he's from germany cologne germany that, he has that look to him. He looks like he could be the undead. So something that I noticed when I actually watched this, um, to take a couple of notes, I noticed that the actor that comes in 
and actually notices the, uh, the eye of God and comes and tells the Pope. He later sends that guy and tells him to protect the girl. He's Thomas Aquinas. He's oh, a, okay. A, I didn't, I didn't see New that. York that tries to take out the investment banker later on. He's, yeah. he's, he's actually the same guy. When I looked him up, um, he's from, which one is that? I think it's the second one, maybe. Um, Lethal Weapon, where he's... Uh, is that the one with the guy from South Africa? Yeah, Diplomatic Immunity. Yeah. Yes. He's yes. like his little right-hand man. Oh, I can't, okay. I just can't for some reason remember who um, who he is. I think he's not alive anymore, though. There's a couple guys that are dead. A couple of the Yeah, I mean, this movie is almost 20 years old. It's probably filmed 20 years ago. It would have been 98 filming, 99 release. Yeah, he was in Lethal Weapon 2. That's the one it was. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. It's just something I noticed there that he was also, I didn't realize, I thought Thomas Aquinas was just a guy that worked at that church. Yeah, that, that, that was my assumption too. Good, good Not catch. noticing whenever I looked at it, when I heard him say, protect the girl, I was like, oh, wait. And then I looked real close to the guy's face and then looked to see who played him. I was like, oh, man, they're the same guy. That makes sense. Did he look like a haggard homeless person not, like he does not, later? No, he, I guess it's 20 years earlier. Yeah. Definitely is 20 years Living in this, living in the sewers slash uh, where the train runs. Yeah, pretty. Like, just stay in the church, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a priest, don't you? Get some form of housing the, for that. The weird part too is that, um, you have the, what are they the like, the knights or whatever they are. They're supposed to be the good guys. They think they're doing God's work when they're trying. Yeah, the guys that tried to kill yeah, her. Yeah, the, the cardinal, who he gets what he deserves, <laughs> um, you know, thinks she should be killed. But the Pope, no, you have to have faith. You know, if we kill an innocent person, you know, we're no better than pretty much the whole. And, like, I, I get it. But, you know, could have been a lot easier to kill her. You know, a lot of other people I would have yeah. lived. <laughs> A lot of other people would have lived. Is the Cardinal the one that got the crucifix through the skull? No, no, no. he's the one that had a 180-degree head turn. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot to do the body count on you this one, because it's more than you'd think. And then you saw the front of his head, but his body didn't move. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, next thing I have is after, he beco- after Satan becomes the man. So, do you have anything between there? Hey, uh, you know... I, I just think it's kind of weird how that that um, the chunky nurse lady is able to take the baby, get it the whole way downstairs. They were to perform this ritual, take it the whole way back upstairs, get it cleaned up, and give it back to the mom with like, you know, something that normally takes like five minutes in the <laughs> in the room. Probably something that probably took at least like twenty minutes. It's 1979. There were no rules on it. Like when both my kids were born at the hospital we're at, they have specific bands on their legs that if you don't sign them in and out of literally the room they're in and you take them into the hallway, the alarm goes off. Oh, also, how dark was that damn room they were giving birth? There Very. was no light. But again, it's the seven. It's it's the 70s, man. It's probably there's people in there smoking. Probably it was like 80s though. But I mean, you think you'd have like 
the, the room would have lights still, you know, like there's like, it's like a dark room and all they have is like the little spotlight, like over top of them where they're delivering the baby. I was like, yeah, but it was, again, it was a different time. They, they didn't really have, it wasn't hospitals weren't nearly as good as they you, are now. You weren't born in the dark, bro. <laughs> True. But like you never know. Man. Born in the dark. <laughs> it is a very dark, it's a dark room. It's a dark hospital. They go down to an even darker room. Well, and you look at it, there's like dead bodies. I'm pretty sure that's the morgue they took her down to. Oh, I didn't notice the dead body. She that, that would make me. sense. She walked though. past a body like laying on like a gurney and I was like, oh, that's a dead body. <laughs> they just take this baby down to the morgue. Sneak in a rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, he is very he, he's very easily able to casually just reach in and grab that rattlesnake by the head. That thing would have bit him, no question, in real life. He's got... It was all angry and fired up. It wasn't trying to climb out, which a snake absolutely would have. It wouldn't just sit there and just wait for you to grab it. It would have been fired up. Rattlesnakes are dicks. Yeah, but when he takes over, uh, when Satan takes over that body, that's a great scene. Like that whole scene where he just, he's in the bathroom, the water shuts off, he gets tossed around a little bit. But when he walks out and just walks right over to that chick, Who's sitting total power wife just like literally just reached in, grabs her titty, shoves his tongue down her throat, and her guy's about to say something. He's like, What the hell are you doing? He just like stops and stares at him, continues what he's doing. And I like how he neatly places her breast right back. Yeah, he kind of pulls it back up. He's like, That one came out a little bit. Okay, so I was thinking about this. I I was going to get into it later when he starts banging Udo Kier's wife slash daughter and they become one person. And then they turn into Christine. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then turn to Christine. So, first off, we have no idea whether that scene is real or not, because it could have just been a composition of her dream. But who knows? Because that that's really weird. I'd like, but I'd like to hope it's real. Yeah, but for mom and daughter to be that into it to, next to each other is a little mm-hmm. is really bizarre. But uh, again, he has. If any man had the power to simply walk up to a woman and be able to bed her immediately. If that were, were, and I know it's weird to say, if that were real life, if that were like any actual man, he he came around, what, we'll say December, like probably right after Christmas, like December 27th, December 28th, isn't that when it starts? He would never have gotten her by midnight of New Year's Eve. He would have just been going after cleaning house in Manhattan and L.A. and Miami. And they would have said, you know, they would have one day he would have woken up and be like, what? What day is it? They're like, uh, it's March. They're like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do something three months ago. Oh well, we'll come back in a thousand years. Uh, well, it's also the devil. He's he has a, you know, objective here, Ed. He has an objective, but I'm just telling you, you he would have been so distracted by it, it just cleaning up on any woman he wanted. He would have literally forgotten what day it was for. Who knows months. what he's getting in hell, Ed? You know. Yeah, that's true. Next is when we, as we were discussing the. They walk into December 29th. This is when we meet. This is when we meet Jericho in his apartment, drunk with a Glock. Jericho, and uh, excellent naming of the two main, the two characters, Jericho Kane and Bobby Chicago. Two really awesome names. They are good, and you don't know if his name is actually Bobby Chicago or he's from Chicago, so they call him Bobby Chicago. Either way, 
they call him Chicago throughout most of the yeah. movie, but uh, like IMDb, if you look at the quotes, it says Bobby Chicago and Jericho Kane as their names. So we have to get into the show. Oh, the breakfast smoothie, yeah. I say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Here is what is the breakfast smoothie is composed of in order as it's put in. Coffee, Pepto-Bismol, the remainder of a beer, pizza, Chinese food, and then just for notice, a piece of floor pizza. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what really makes it delicious. That <laughs> <laughs> it really makes it delicious. Uh, yeah, that, that was... Um, I almost threw up a little bit watching him make that. And then what's funny is you see him take a drink of it, and he's kind of like, huh, that's good. What did he say? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's why he starts making it. There are several very good Arnold quotes in this movie, including one that you and I might are going to spend some time on. If, if you've ever done the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard, you remember those, how big a deal those were for mm-hmm. a while. There, there's several of ones, including breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Um, stop being such a pussy. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, our favorite line. And there's one more from this movie. I'm trying to. Oh, the Thomas Aquinas one is another one that was on there a lot because it says, "I'm looking for Thomas Aquinas." The movie, the movie drags on for a little. It does, while. It's kind of. I think that's part of the reason why it's kind of not the we we have our second this is what peter himes same director as sudden death so this is our second movie with the, oh oh well i um, <laughs> i didn't look at the director i should have well, done the math i was looking when we get later down there later it talks about i can't, can't remember there's a couple other guys who were offered the role but turned it down for other move they had, were, had other projects they were working on we can get into that later. So I, so I don't know. I know that Arnold Schwarzenegger said that he doesn't think that Himes was the right guy for the movies. This began, this not began, this was in the middle of what was a really poor time in Arnold's career. Well, yeah, he just in a horrible movie. He'd done several well, horrible movies. I was, I was looking at this earlier. This Batman and Robin. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ba- yeah, he came off Batman and Robin. Then he had the uh, the heart thing. He had like heart surgery or something like that. Yeah, he had heart surgery. <laughs> and I, there's a thing I, I have later about how he had come off heart surgery. But so let me look here because I had – he did – so Terminator 2 was 91. After he did Terminator 2, he did – Last Action Hero, which was terrible. True Lies, which is a really good movie, and I think it's really underrated. It kind of falls off the the radar. Junior, which is awful. Eraser, which is can we call it okay? Yeah, it's 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 and, a decent movie. Yeah, and then you get into Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin, End of Days, uh, The Sixth Day. I never saw Collateral Damage. But it, I don't think it did that well. Six days not bad, and collateral damage isn't too bad. You want to see collateral damage? Okay. I'll give you collateral damage. <laughs> uh, Terminator Three, which I feel like I've seen it a couple times, and every time I watch, it, I'm kind of like, you know, eh. he's fine in it. It's the other people they have cast, like the guy they had cast for John Connor for that terrible. Like he was terrible. He was terrible. The girl wasn't very good. What they were either. thinking casting him. 
Okay, so here's what I here's what I've been told. Because I, I was listening to an interview with who was it? Oh, Michael Bean, and he was saying that after Terminator Two, James Cameron lost the rights to it. And he finally just got the rights back. So that's why they're bringing back. Oh, crap. Who's the one who played Sarah Connor? Oh, my God. That's going to drive me crazy. Linda Hamilton that you're talking about? Linda Hamilton. That's why Linda Hamilton's coming back for the next one, as well as Arnold. And so all these other spinoff and random Terminator movies they've made over the last 15 years, while they haven't been very good, because James Cameron hasn't been involved. So he finally got back into having control of it, and he that so the next one hopefully should be good. The the one with uh, it's coming out next year. It's called Untitled Terminator Reboot. Uh, yeah, I actually, I don't know how I noticed it, but I, I remember was looking at that last night as well. I was actually looking at that just kind of out of curiosity. It's twenty second November two thousand nineteen is when it's going to come come out. Um, there's a couple. The one with Christian Bale, I think that was pretty decent. I never saw that one um, just because, again, Terminator 3 put such a kind of bad taste in my mouth that I kind of got away from a while. And Terminator Genesis was okay. Jai Courtney just needs to not be in movies. I never, I didn't see that one either. Again, Terminator 3 was the last time. Do you know who Jai Courtney is? It, I don't Jai know. Jai Courtney is John McClane's son. In that one movie where they go, to, where they go to yeah, Russia, and he has to save oh, see, I never saw that one either because I heard it was that bad. Uh, Jack Reacher, bad guy, in Jack Reacher, the bad guy, in Jack Reacher. Yeah, he's he seems like he kind of doesn't have any personality. He pretty much just kind of plays the same thing in each one. You know, he was in that Spartacus. Is I think where he got his like first like that HBO Spartacus. It was like the first thing he got. First. Oh, so here here's a list of the. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies coming out. He's really reaching back. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, he's got a movie called Vi 2 Journey to China, which I don't know what this is. I can't really tell, but he looks weird in it. It's, uh, it's something about the English traveler. Oh, it's about Peter the Great mapping Eastern Russia. He's doing the Terminator reboot. He's doing triplets which i can't believe they're doing this it's arnold schwarzenegger danny devito and now there's a third brother can you guess who the third brother is have you heard this one um try to think of someone who could easily no don't think easily think in way off the reservation i don't know eddie murphy is the third brother i don't know either uh there's gonna be they're making that. You and I were talking about the Kung Fury 2 movie that they're going to yeah. be making. So if you guys haven't seen Kung Fury 1, get on Netflix. The first 15 minutes is funny. After the while, it kind of gets a little dumb. I don't, I don't, it's a short uh, movie, so I really don't mind. It's very short. It's only like 30 minutes. But it kind of it, it's really funny, and then it kind of loses its entertainment level. And then he's remaking Conan. They're making another Conan movie. Hmm. Or Conan, not Conan. Conan. I thought we could make a movie with Conan O'Brien too. But yeah, they're making another Conan movie too. So look for Arnold in the next few years to kind of recycle and get his name back out there. Because did you see uh, Sabotage? 
where it's like him and his team and they steal someone steals some yep, money. Seen it. I like yeah. it. It's, I didn't I didn't like it very much. It was really weird. Like that it's dark. I like it. It's really dark. It's extremely dark. But he was good in the expendables. As trench. I liked mm-hmm. him in those. Anyways, back to this movie. So where were we? <laughs> um Oh, we were just saying how this movie was was kind of slow and uh, like the the scene where they're chasing after Thomas Aquinas is pretty good. It's a little it's a little bit weird. Uh, I like when he he's hanging off the end of the chopper. Uh, yeah, hanging off the chopper, and he grabs him as he's about to jump off. But little little glitch here. So he drops him down, and he goes through the like awning, the awning, and then Arnold slides down into the awning. But you never see him unhook himself and he starts running, I which means the cable would still be running through the awning hook to the helicopter. You know, he, he could have, like, taken a few steps to kind of cut. He could have unhooked, you know. He could have. It just they didn't show it. And I think it was just an implied thing. But that's a little glitch there that I noticed. The Thomas Aquinas thing, it was weird because they shoot him. Shoots him in the leg. And then they, yeah, they, he shoots him in the leg, but they made it seem like he killed him. And then you find out he's in the hospital. And then they, you know, just kind of like he had fallen, he'd been shot twice, like one in each leg. And I think just kind of like, you know, passed out from shock pretty much is kind of like what you have to kind of. Yeah, but the way they kind of made worded it is as if they'd never be able to get any information out of him. If he were that, they'd have him strapped up. And when he comes to in the hospital, they'll question him. But I don't know. Then it gets a little, it gets real weird and dark, and they have to go and find, figure out who the girl is, and they're trying to hide some of this it. This is when they go to his like place we were talking about, like that, like where he they find his tongue just in the jar, and is like, yeah, and like I, I've never, I was like I said, he's got to be homeless because he's living in just in like a, in like a basement that's like all wet, like you hear like the water dripping everywhere, like the whole place, yeah, like it's kind of crazy how nasty it is. It is. It's very, very nice. That's where they find the picture of Christine inside the jar. Did they find the picture or just the the no, name? It's the picture. That the name is when they go back to talk to Thomas Aquinas, and they that's what it is. Find it carved into his chest. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good line. He's like, "Huh, twenty dash seven. He goes, "Kevin Pollock goes, and then the football score. That's nice." How do you feel about when she's on the subway and that freaking weird ass homeless girl? That is weird. So weird. He's gonna fuck he's you. A, he's gonna fuck he's you. He's just screaming at He's gonna fuck you. I'm like, that guy is so weird yeah. looking. I feel like I've seen him dressed up like that in another movie, but it must just be yeah. this one that I've seen enough just times. Ingrained into my brain. Yeah. Whoever played him did it perfectly because he's got like the one eye that's way off and the hair that is it supposed to be dreadlocks is it supposed to be just full on knots of curly hair I don't know yeah don't know I do, I do think it's don't interesting know. that like you know immediately you notice that that nurse like her mom's dead I really don't know how her mom died but the nurse is now like her guardian like Mary, yeah. married the husband or something I don't, you find that out like later that like the nurse married the husband, and now they're taking care of. I don't. Know. We also find out the nurse is just a plant. She's she's been there. Yeah. 
for who knows well, how long you know, under the guise since of since her birth, you know, like she she's the one that took her downstairs to get the blood from. The, oh, it was the same yeah, nurse. Same. Okay, okay. And then just I love it. Just like they cut back, Arnie's back home. He's like chugging gargling vodka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the uh, he's the standard, and they they love this in movies and TV is cops that are alcoholics. The amount of cops that actually are alcoholics is way less than the amount that's perceived on television. Exactly. And in movies. But when we do our remake, I have a cop who played an alcoholic. Or a guy who played a cop alcoholic. Well, something I'm looking at, too, here is that you got... Um, I do think this is a different movie for Arnold. He had to show some, like, you know, different emotion. You know, he had to show a little bit of struggle. And I think he actually did a pretty decent job for, like, one of his first movies. That he, you know, has to show some, like, actual, like sadness in yeah he did a good job of um being upset about his family he did a good job of like repenting in front of uh at the church and kind of being like you know help me help me find the strength you know and christine she's just surrounded by moles because you know she's she sees that vision she first person she calls is like her psychiatrist and it's that doctor right who happens to be udo Geyer. Yeah, yeah you know Dracula, yeah, Dracula. Yeah, it's like everybody. Well, yeah, and they've all been watching her to try and get her to this point. They need her to to make it to twenty and be there for this uh, for the event. I I think also the very when he goes into the church to ask about Thomas Aquinas to the priest, uh, I can't remember what his name is, Co Kovac or something like that. Uh huh. The conversation they have is very, just interesting. Just asking questions to the priest. The priest just kind of goes off in a big tangent about how there's things out here that you don't know about. And blah blah. It's like, no, yeah. I just was asking about why this guy would try to shoot an investment banker. You know, like yes, yes. <laughs> he goes, and then he's just like, you know, blah 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 blah. Um. He walks away and Arnie's just like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to follow you, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then everyone comes downstairs, just like, sees that lady. This is the, this is the scene I think is really, really bizarre. That uh, like Polish lady that's like tied to the bed and like has like the crucifix hands, like holes in her hands and like the feet. And Arnold just, like looks at her and he always says this, what is she saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? There's old <laughs> You don't have anything else I to ask other than that? And your first response is, should be, is she okay? What the fuck are you doing? Is she okay? Maybe, what is maybe, going maybe on? Maybe call an ambulance. I don't know. You know, it's like, you're supposed to be a level-headed guy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at Robin Tunney, because I happen to be curious how old she was when this movie was made. She was born in 1972, so she actually was seven years older than she was supposed to be playing. Here is a list of people that are the same age as Robin Tunney. This is kind of throwing me off. Dwayne Johnson... Thaddy Newton, Ben Affleck, Idris Elba, uh, Jennifer Garner, Leslie Mann, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Sofia Vergara, Gwyneth Paltrow, Josh Duhamel, Amanda Peet. I don't know. It's just uh, Robin Tunney didn't have any career after this, really. No, she didn't. Let's see. What was her last movie? I guess she has a bunch of. Oh, she was in. She was in Prison Break. She was in The Mentalist for a so long time. I never watched either yeah, of those shows. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she's kind of done some TV. Well, she was when she was on The Mentalist, she didn't really do anything else. And she was in a lot of episodes of that, 151 episodes. This is pretty much your Good. your next your scene is your scene about how where Dracula's daughter and wife have sex with Satan. Yeah. He it, just kind of smiles at him and it's just like poof, by the power of Thor, they're in bed. Yes. Yeah, so- <laughs> performing the horizontal lumbata. Exactly. And, like, and morphed uh, together as one. Yeah, they st- like the ones he's going at it on the one and the other one, he kind of starts like pulling them together in the weirdest way. I, I guess, you know, the devil is able to seduce you in any way he feels, but I don't know. It's just a little bizarre. That's all. I do know. Cause then immediately after this, we have that scene where Satan and Thomas Aquinas are like, we know, we, you know, Thomas Aquinas can't talk cause he's cut his tongue out. So we know he can't speak. Yes. But he is a visionary, so he knows exactly what Satan's going to do. So he's like kind of like frustrated and fighting. And that's when you have, like, I feel like it's like boom, boom. He goes in there, talks to him, does this, and then like it has to be almost, you know, within five minutes after he leaves, Arnold, CC Pounder, and Chicago roll in. And, you know, they, they see. You know, Thomas being stuck to the ceiling with scissors in his hands. You know, yeah, and he's got the stuff written in his or like dug into his chest. Yeah, and the words, and I'm like, ouch. And they kind of they're not as surprised as you think someone would be. <laughs> yeah, you would think you'd be a little bit more upset that this guy has been essentially crucified and carved up his entire body. I'm like, huh? Hey, would you look at that? Okay, I, I when I'm, when I, who, I love that scene where he talks about skate with the skateboarder where he runs into him and he's like, Hey, nice shirt. I like it. He's like, screw you. And as he like skates because his shirt says Satan on it. And as he's like skating away, um, he just, he's just hey, kid. Hey, and then when the kid turns his head, he just gets drilled by that bus. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, nice shirt. And just walks away. Which is a kind of pretty pretty awful action scene. Like that looks very fake with him, him getting it by the bus and him like flying. It's a very terrible. Yeah, it looks like it was kind of. It was a completely unnecessary scene. They were trying to add a a little bit of a look at how bad Satan is, but I I don't think the point was lost. I think we got it. When the uh, the guys break into Christine's house and like kill her father, and they try to perform like the last rites and sacrifice her. What are they? They're like I don't even know what they're called. Not. I call them religious guys, but they're, like, they're called like the knights that are supposed to be. I don't know. They're supposed to. Be... Yeah, let me see if there's a specific the name exact on them. Name, but you know, and lucky for her, you know, Kevin and Arnie show up just in time. They find out who Christine is. They show up just in time to save her, and it just—it's such a. I I don't like the scene. It would have been better if I think Christine would have been wrestling with the. Um, the religious guy and ripped his necklace off like somehow instead of yeah versus Arnold and it. like diving from behind him and somehow pulling his necklace off of his neck. No, no, like it would have been much better if like when she's like trying to fight him off from stabbing her, like if she reached up with a hand and was able to like grab that necklace and so they could put more and more together. 
I think they're called the Vatican Knights. I think you are right, actually, now that you said that. That sounds familiar. I'm just looking through IMDb, and there's, like, a character called Vatican Knight, so that's what I'm guessing. And, and after this, so Arnold just saves Christine. This frustrates me so bad. And he's, like, in her room, and he sees that little, like, uh, what's what are those things called that you open up, and they, like, play the, like, music, the music box. box thing that his daughter had? It's the same one yeah, his daughter had, yeah. It's the same one my daughter had. She, like, snatches out of the hand, and she's like, oh, do you snoop through her stuff, too, without asking? I'm like, yo, lady, he just came in and saved your freaking ass. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, she... It, for having all that happen, they immediately cut to her like getting all dressed up. They they miss something in between. Like they don't talk about it. She's just suddenly getting dressed up. Yeah, she takes some pills. He's like, I've seen a lot of murders before, but I've never seen someone perform the last rites on someone or whatever. <laughs> Look at yeah, a little too casual. I can't, you kind of see the nurse one of for one of the first times out of her like nurse's outfit, really good. I was like, you know, she kind of reminds me of my grandma. Like, and just like how she looks and like her size, she reminded me of my grandma. I was like, but my grandma was a lot nicer and she gave me dreamsicles. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit yeah, different. Yeah. She also wasn't, didn't have the strength of freaking a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That she throws uh, down. Yeah. We'll be getting, that's, that's coming up real soon, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have a good lead into that. Because well, it's like, you know, um, Arnold kind of finds out what the necklace means, tells her about it, and this is the, this is that this is where uh, Satan punches his hand straight through Dracula's head. <laughs> I keep calling him Dracula. Yeah, that's right. Because I call him the priest. I know, and I'm like, but I know who he is. Punches yeah. it because he can't get Grandma over there to get her, to bring her over because they're watching the house. So he so he gets right. killed because. She's a wuss, and he can't convince her. Yeah. Um, this kind of cuts to... So when they're there at the apartment, at the house or whatever it is, and Arnold's inside, and, and Kevin Pollock's out in the van, the devil's peeing gasoline. Well, we don't know if it's gasoline. It's something flammable, flammable pet. He should, he should probably get that looked at. Not going to lie to you. But they, they then immediately do the... Super 90s thing, and we've talked about this oh, on, uh, when we did payback. I have it written down, the classic slow sig drop. <laughs> Throwing the cigarette into the gasoline. Does not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, it does, but he should just walk up and snap his fingers to light it and done the same thing. But uh, they did it in that, and they're actually one of the things I had in uh, the, the notes down below is the here it is. There's a scene where which depicts the dropping of a cigarette into a flammable liquid, which the camera follows as it burns. It's similar to the scene in the Usual Suspect, also featuring Gabriel Byrne and Kevin yeah. Pollock. Again, super nineties. Super nineties thing. It was that movie. Payback. I was about to say we did. We just talked about this in Payback. Um, we were talking about it during Payback, but the one that I always think of more than anything is Con Air. No, oh, yeah, that's that's. Cyrus the virus. Yeah. Cyrus the virus. What's funny, <laughs> Chicago tries to have some nice little wit, wit right before that, that witty banner with him about dating women and, and playable dolls. And he's like, Did you yeah. break up with one? He's like, Yeah, but she's too needy. Everything's always about her. <laughs> Kevin Pollock is really funny in real life. He has a great, if you're looking for another thing to listen to, 
he has a, a show that he does almost once a week. It's on it's all on YouTube. He has like three hundred interviews. He gets some really interesting people on there. He's had Tom Hanks on, uh, Elon Musk, tons of actors because he's been in a lot of different movies and he knows a ton of different people. I highly recommend it. It's a it's a nice thing. They're kind of long, so you, you have to jump through mm-hmm. some of it, but it, they're really good. Yeah, I'll take that in consideration because I do like from Kevin Pollock. Yeah. And speaking of that, I, I don't want to fast forward, but uh, again. I love me some Kevin Pollock. I think he's a pretty good actor. But when he gets relit on fire towards the end, that was a very weak interpretation of it. I feel like he didn't freak out as much as someone would be. As soon as your arm was on fire, you'd be losing your mind. And he kind of like looks at it and watches it come up and really slow. But I didn't, I didn't break too much when that happened. Well, why didn't he just shoot himself? You know, I don't know. Can't kill him. If he if knew he's he going to light on fire, he should have just grabbed that and shot him himself real quick. Yeah. It's another but, one of those things. Kind of has to do that. Yeah. Arnold should have shot him. Is what should have happened. When Arnold like gets in that fight with the old lady inside, like the grandma, like damn, she yeah. fucks him up. Like until like, he eventually is able to like throw her head through like that glass table, and then yeah. that part where he just takes that piece of glass that's in her neck and just like shoves it Satan just shoves it deeper in slowly and just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes very cool scene. A little bit. I was like oh that would not be cool yeah. a very cool wow. scene though and it's like all of a sudden CCH powders now on the bad guy's side you get caught from the right. hospital Arnold ends up like I love this line this is one of my favorite lines in the movie when they pull the guns he's like whoa easy with the hardware <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Arnold. His line he uses his little wrist guns and kills both of them. That was a very nineties move too. The guns hidden behind the head or in yeah, the wrist. Little wrist guns or something. That was uh Desperado yeah, did the exactly. same thing. Yeah. We learn he take because he takes him back to the church. Like, cause he's like, what the fuck is going on? Pretty much, you know? He's like, Yeah. This is where he learns that uh, the devil has to bang her between 11 and 12 o'clock. Before... Yeah, I love his – and this is one of my big complaints. He goes, is that Eastern time? He's like, no, it has to do with um, the celestial timing. I, and when the movie started and I realized it was going to need to be right before midnight, I started doing the – well, what time would it be? Like it already would have been the new millennium for X amount of time. So I don't know why they happen to have to pick that specific time. But uh, I guess it made sense for whatever the point they were trying he's to make get, was. He's getting this you know, information. Prince of Darkness has to do his dirty deed precisely between 11 p.m. and midnight. And he asked that question, is that Eastern Standard Time? Like, you know, I, I, I do enjoy that line very much because yeah, I was good... thinking, because if you think about it, I don't know what counter they used, you know, or whatever, but, or what's going on. But if you're going by Rome, where you think it would be happening, Rome's like six or seven hours ahead of New York. So it's like, do they, and they're basing, it's in, when this first started happening, you know, the United States wasn't even a place. Right, exactly. So that was what was bothering me was, 
does how is it having to be this timing? They they tried to kind of clean it up with that one line of dialogue, like, oh, it was, it was but I still found it to be very weak. They had to conceive a baby between six or seven o'clock in the morning if it was in Rome, but but yes. but we know this is going to happen on a different continent that doesn't exist yet. That the time's going to be different, so it's right up against the millennium. So I don't, you know, I know what you mean though. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead. But it's like it's like something around like it already been the new millennium for something like sixteen hours. I know. I had, so I it, had that down as my you know. I know it's a movie, but one of the yeah, that that's in my I list that too. That is my list right there too. I'm glad we got that out of the way. This is this is and then you got the favorite scene. Christine stays at the church. Arnold goes home. Yeah, because that makes sense. Well, they're like the the. Between your faith and my Glock nine, I'll take I'll take the Glock. Between your faith and my Glock nine millimeter, I'll take my Glock. He goes home, and this is where he has the conversation with Satan. Satan just ends up at his house. Yes, and that's just like, you know, he goes back home. What's he do? It's the bottle. Has a little talk with the devil. The devil tries to play some games with his head. Gives him the taste of the good life. Lets him see his family again. Then he kills him. The line. You don't want to see me upset. Oh, you want to fuck with me? You think you know bad, huh? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me! A choir boy! I like the two. They have that little, like, they're starting. He's trying to convince Arnold to just, like, help him and be like, you'll live, you'll be fine, you know. Yeah, you'll get your family. family back and be happy. It's the devil. He's going to sell you anything he and can. he's just like, he's like, tell me, what do you want? He's like, I want you to go to hell. Yeah. So it's, it's a ball. It's a ballsy move when he's got glass in his hands he's down to one last hand and he reaches up and grabs the devil and f- pulls him out the window yeah. it's a powerful move there was some time he like gets thrown out the window and he grabs onto the window's hand hits that glass i like kind of cringe a little bit too like i just yeah a little bit all oh, because it would just i would just i'd immediately let go you have your classic arnold grunts while he's hanging out the window too. he's like oh, 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 oh. like <laughs> Then you had the knock knock on the door and what? Chicago's alive? Hmm. Let's let's think about this. I love this line too when he as we were just discussing about that where he shoots him in the arm to be sure you're you. Of course I'm me. What are yeah. you talking about? He's like, Man, you took his body. He's like, You're bleeding. Of course I'm bleeding. You fucking shot me. <laughs> Stop being such a pussy. It's just a scratch. And then he, then he asks him right then, he goes, Does it hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this is kind of where we find out he goes to the church to get the girl. Chicago goes and meets him there. Chicago, he was actually on fire before the devil. Like I said, just the way he reacts is not. Well, I said he was on fire before. Convincing, yeah. He's like, it's amazing what you'll you'll do when you're on what you'll agree to when you're on fire. Which, yeah, it's amazing what you will agree. And then to. we have the round two of the Vatican Knights with the Cardinal show up with his thugs to kill that girl. The priest put up zero fight to stop him, pretty much. Yeah, he, he was useless. Him, you know. And that's why Arnold's Glock was more Arnold important. Arnold comes in and just, like, puts a bullet in the Cardinal's hand, and he's just like, we've been preparing this for years. We're, you know, we're not afraid to die. And he's like, good, because I'm not afraid to kill you. And, like, shoves a gun in his face, and the guy lets the girl, lets the girl go. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought, man. <laughs> I love it. Satan shows up to the church, stabs a guy in the head with a cross. Bitch slaps an old guy, makes a bunch of other guys yells and scream. And then he rotates the Cardinals at 180 degrees, killing them. Yeah, Satan doesn't mess it's around. Okay. It gave Arnold and Christine time to get outside. 
Yep, this is enough for them to get away. The Satanists are out there and beat the shit out of Arnold. <laughs> yes. They they really roughed him up. I'm not really sure why Chicago had to stop and make Christine and himself watch Arnold, his friend. Because you can even see in his face when he's like watching him get beat up. He's not enjoying it. No. You can tell he's no. like Because he's still, he's still himself. Yeah. It's just that he agreed to help. All he agreed to was helping satan get the girl he didn't he doesn't have any other control over him other than that somehow the old priest survived his beating from satan and was able to get arnold down from that crucifix i don't know I don't, there were other people inside like he must have never gone to the basement yeah he must have just beat some people up and then walked outside of course arnold wakes up from his wounds you know just you know with hours an hour or two to spare two hours to spare i don't know a couple hours to spare before Barely under the yeah. clock. No surprises there. Gotta be a, it's got to be a last minute thing, man. Always. And, you know, got to cue a big gun scene where he goes in and gets his ammo from his, like, like, he just goes in there and the guy's like, you know, the cops are looking for. He's like, oh, they'll have to wait. It's like his boss is like pretty much telling him what to do. And he's just does whatever he wants. He's like, ah, fuck you. I'm going to take these guns. I'm going to search for Chicago's car. I found it. And once I get to show his car, I'm going to follow CCH into the secret hideout with lots of candles. Yeah, you know, he's just trying to set the mood. He's gonna, he's gonna bang her. He's he's trying to make it, you know, romantic. You know, people always joke around like people are just like, yeah, it's very romantic. You know, candles around the bathtub. This guy's got like enough candles for about eight hundred bathtubs. Eight hundred bathtubs. But this is uh, this is where Kevin Pollock then or Chicago lights back on fire and runs away. But that's what I'm saying. If if as soon as he lit on fire, he should have shot himself. He could have saved himself some agony. I like how he. That's just kind of what I was thinking while he was running away. I also like how when he's walking into this satanic place, there's that blind guy who's there, and he looks at him, and he's like, "You have much hatred and vengeance in your heart. You may pass." Yeah. <laughs> Looking at Arnold, like trying to save the girl, but like just as like, yeah, you're actually a piece of shit too. <laughs> yeah, you're a piece of shit too. So this is where uh, my next level of complaining comes in. So after he takes the girl and runs out the door. Mm-hmm. After he shoots up Satan. After he kills CCH again. <laughs> CCH again. Uh, then shoots up Satan twice. Which the human body that he's in gets all beat up. They get on this train. First off, why is no one else on the train? Uh, it's, no it's one late, else late, on it's train. New Year's. Right, but it's New York City. Either they're... And maybe the he's transporting the train to a new place. It's but, the millennium. It's... You know, I don't know, eleven fifteen maybe. You having the no? It's be like eleven forty five. It's almost midnight. Well, I guess maybe maybe right. It's like close to like eleven fifteen. He well, he he rolls into the place right at eleven o'clock when he's pulling. Around. You know, eleven yeah. fifteen. I don't know. Eleven. Rays is about to go down. But it's like everybody's out. It's New York City. It's like Times Square. You know, maybe there's aren't going to be a lot of people. You know, on. But like you said, it's a convenience thing. There's nobody on there except for the guy driving nobody on it except for the guy driving. So that's my first thing. Second thing, suddenly Satan shows up on the tracks. If he can transport himself, why need to transport himself into the train? (laughs) If he can transport himself to anywhere, he can transport himself into the train instead of like trying to punch his way in. Did, you know, the question is too, did he transport himself or was he able to like, kind of just like float and got in front of the train? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really know. 
Yeah, if he if if he has the capability to get on the other side of the front of the train, why you're, just you're, 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 get into you're, the train? You're going to get me into a lot of this later. That's why I'm not discussing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because it's like he runs him off the train, still alive, shoots him with the grade. Well, that seemed to finally kill you know his body. Is the body immortal or not? Exactly. I don't. I don't really don't. I don't know. And that's we'll, we'll get into that. We'll finish this. Yeah. So once they get off the train. Which that the train collision should have killed the two. It's like it stops perfectly. It's a violent collision. That would have, that would have, there's no way they would have held on to that pole. Arnold's strong. Arnold's strong, but she's not. He's holding on. Um, And then uh, when they come up through the steps and they're being chased by the mob into that church, that is the most pathetic mob in history. Must be God's will. That's why they survive. I guess so, but. But when, when they're being chased by the mob, like no one's running, no one's chasing them. Arnold shuts the door. They're like slowly hitting at it. Mm-hmm. He has enough time to grab a candlestick and put it in front of it and then tells her to put a candlestick in front of the other door that no one has touched up to this point that anybody could have walked into. They could have easily like just shut the door and put the things on. And then had had the door start shaking, like they just beat it, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't do that. It was like doors were shaking. And I know. It's like he was able to open it; he didn't have to hold it shut at all. I look at the ceiling. It was, shit, uh, Ed. Yeah, that <laughs> was like what. That that was uh, that was kind of weak, but I thought that was a really interesting version of the devil, from a Hollywood perspective. No horn, like not really horns on it. Not what you're used to seeing. I thought it was kind of a cool version of the devil. No, yeah, like, cool looking. Funny version. too, because like right before that, you know, he like asked God, you know, to give him strength. You know, like what's help puts his gun down, and this giant fucking devil pops up. He's probably like, God damn it, why did I keep my grade? Yeah, why did I? <laughs> I should have kept that gun. <laughs> that grade launcher probably would have helped me a lot more right now. So then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe shot right through the devil. I don't know if it would have had any effect. That I thought could have been a little better with the CGI, if you will. Yeah, like the the part where the pews all shake, I think is really cool. But I don't know. I I don't think it's that great of an ending. No, like you know, he, he like you said, you know, he gets like possessed by Satan, gets tossed around the church. Some, it's it's fine. And you know, he's got a watch on him. He could know what time it is. He chose to dive on the sword. He literally kills himself with like five seconds until midnight. <laughs> Yeah. It's like he could have just waited. Here's 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 my big thing at the end here. My question about the devil is here. So, you know, Christine thanks him. Thanks, you know, Arnold at the end. You know, thanks for saving me and until two thousand ninety nine. Whatever. Yeah. But here's my thing is so when he's about to like rape her there, he's literally got like a minute or thirty seconds. So is he just like is the devil just like always hard? Maybe. About a minute, you know, to consummate with with Christine here. But he's not he's not necessarily a human either. He just gotta get in her. Is he just like a one or two pump chomp? I'm Guess. not sure I could get hard under that kind of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. It's like you it's it's now or a thousand years from now. Can you pull it off? Why didn't he find the girl in this creepy devil way the first time and then just find the first human body and then just bang her real quick? Yeah, or he could have he could have played done the slow play. 
you know, started been the, the guy she met in high school that didn't pay, you know, he was the all sport athlete and then didn't pay attention to her at the time, but ran into her when she turned 20 and decided to hook up with her right at this point, like started paying attention to her a few months before this totally could have pulled it off. Totally could have pulled it off. Any more thing, any more things about the scenes in the movie yet you got? No, I got a couple thoughts on the movie itself. If you're done talking about the the scenes. Yeah, go ahead. So this is the second movie we've chosen where a member, a member of the devil's family is trying to bang a mortal chick. I think we have a problem, Mike. May want to look into that. He doesn't succeed, so. No, neither one. Neither one does. Down to the wire. Well, I don't know. Did like, did she? Did, did like, Rachel get raped in Constantine? Because she had a. She had a yeah, baby. that's true. <laughs> she she had the baby in her, but it didn't succeed to take I, over I the planet. Think, so we'll call it that. I've, I've read somewhere like people are like, yeah, you assume she's raped. I don't think she was raped. I think that like. He just possesses her, I guess. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, because you see that you don't see the devil raping her and her having the devil's child. He is the devil's child and he's in her stomach trying to make his way out, I guess. So he just possesses her. So at the beginning, I talked about there are several movies that were either based on New Year's Eve or on the turn of the millennium itself. So there were three movies I could think of, and I don't know if you can come any off the top of your head, that were based on the turn of the millennium. This movie, I was gonna say Ghostbusters Two. Is kind of Ghostbusters kind of Two was uh, not Millennium, but similar thing. Not quite. It was the baby, but still, it was right at New Year's Eve. Office Space is all about. That's the code he's writing. Is as all the um, bank code for the turn of the millennium. And then Entrapment with Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones. They steal all that money right at the turn of the millennium. So it would have been interesting. Is they stole that money at the same time. Arnold was trying to keep the devil from banging this chick. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Going on. Theoretically, that was only like 10 hours apart. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on during Y2K. A lot of stuff. It was a big deal. I mean, uh, any other general thoughts on the movie? Um, it's like, why were Arnold and company guarding the man that Satan, the guy who was the investment banker in the first place. He's okay, that's a good question. And I think it boils down to he uh, he knew someone from the priesthood was going to try to kill him. I mean, then again, we are dealing with a movie where the central plot is basically Satan's back and he needs to be laid by midnight. So I guess we just got to deal with it. <laughs> Here's another thing. Now that, now that you just brought that up, so Gabriel Byrne, his character is killed. Satan leaves that body and goes to a different body. So who cares if the priest shoots Gabriel Byrne with a sniper rifle three days beforehand? He has all the time in the world to change to somebody else. Because he's already killed. Right? He can, you know, he took Arnold's body. He's, yeah, he took Arnold's I'm saying. He was able to leave that body and take someone else's body. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? See, it ends up getting Arnold mixed in, and I get that that was the kind of the plot, but that I just thought of that as we're standing here. Who, what's the difference? Was it going to be a magic bullet that would have banished Satan or something? But you know, if, if he could do that, Christine would be knocked up right now. Christine would be knocked up right now. Yeah, it, it, you know, you'd think it'd be something like the movie Fallen. You've seen the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. 
I do not believe so. Denzel Washington and who else is in there? Uh, I think John Goodman, where there's some sort of like spirit that takes over the bodies of people who make some murders, pretty much. But as soon as you kill the person, it the the spirit's released and it'll take over another like the next person that it sees. Oh, so you can't get rid of it. Yeah, pretty much. Unless you die in like the middle of nowhere and it can't take over the body. Okay. I said probably oh, this yeah. time, this movie may have been I'm not gonna say his best acting job, but like the most range in an acting job like I was talking about at the beginning. For Arnold? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean he definitely this is this is not his not his worst movie, but it's it's in the bottom Yeah, definitely on the bottom quarter. But I enjoy the shit of it. Um, whatever. Yeah, I mean we laughed at it and you're a fucking quiet boy is, is a line that we scream at each other all the time. What is your favorite best scene in the movie, Mike? Dude, I, I gotta go with you're a fucking quiet boy. Uh, I did when he makes the shake. It just made me it's, laugh. It is, it is classic. <laughs> it is really funny. The, just the, it's kind of the, one of the few parts of the movie that actually is kind of lighthearted. I just love the whole... Yet very dark. The whole thing, like, I think... The, the devil, what's his name in real life? Gabriel Byrne. Um, I thought he was awesome as the man, Satan, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he was really good as and it. that. But when they're in Arnold's, like, apartment, having that, like, talk back and forth, I just think it's so good. Just, like... It is. It's a very good scene, but I don't know. Just when he makes that shake makes me laugh. So that's why I picked it. Uh, there's a, the, the, it's a it's a very controversial line um, when he does something good it's his will when, something happens, when he does something bad he works in mysterious ways yeah. it's a it's a difficult thing for a difficult conversation to have with with certain people not for me but for certain people what is uh, what's your worst scene there's a lot of slow stuff in the middle that you could you could point fingers at, but I'll, I'll go first. I'll give you a minute. I said the ending, Dude, even though the special effects is good. It's just... funny that you said, yeah, I literally, I was literally was about to say the part where he, that last where he gets taken over and then looks up at when he's like looking up at the devil and stuff like that. And yeah, like, I, I didn't really like that either. I just kind of thought it was, you, you talked about the acting and the range that he had, but it wasn't his best acting. His acting in that specific part is really bad. Where he's like looking back and forth at her. At, like, that That's not very mm-hmm. good for him. That wasn't a very no. good part. I know it's a movie, but we, we did a lot of complaining about this already. I talked about the new millennium. Uh, all the stuff about the chase scene at the end. But the other thing I have is the Pope is the same Pope 20 years later. The Pope usually doesn't stay that long. Pope John Paul did stick around for a long time, but I don't know if he was Pope in 1979 and still Pope in 1999. Most Popes only last about five or ten years. I'm not Catholic. No, you're not. Um, and I am, and that doesn't really... I don't really pay attention to that stuff, but... Here's here's my main... I know it's a movie, but... Like, and I told you I was going to talk about this. Like, What are Satan, like the man, his body, what's his limits? I, I need some sort of um, measuring stick, maybe? Uh, you know, it's like he shows him when he's in the room. He gets shot with a gun twice. He pulls his shirt open, shows him that it doesn't affect him at all the gunshots. But then he pulls that machine gun, right. 
shoots him with the machine gun, it like knocks him over and like keeps him like bad for a while, you know, like down for yeah. a while. The very beginning, right after he makes out with that chick and grabs her titty, puts it back in, walks out, an explosion happens, and he's right by the explosion. And, like, and he just, he walks, just walks out. out and nothing happens to the body. I, I said there need to be some. When the van when the van explodes when the van explodes he comes walking in the apartment he's got yeah. fire all over him. I, I I just like there to be some sort of rules to follow you know. Yeah, just a little consistency would be nice. You know, is it like a cat? Does he have nine lives? You know, is he only he so gets, much anti-injury mojo per millennium? I don't know. Yeah, he gets hit by a train going you know sixty miles an hour. And then, and then but he's able to grab onto it and start jamming his arm through. And then, when you see him running at him right before he gets shot with like the grenade launcher, he's like body's all fucked up. You can see like his skeleton and everything. Yeah. And that's just like what does it like blows him apart pretty much because it goes inside his body, I guess, or something that blows him up. Yeah, and and just absolutely annihilates him. I'm just kind of like, could he not heal that body anymore? I don't really know. It's like I said, it's very wishy washy for me there. Yeah, I agree. Best line. I don't even know if we need oh, to you ask that. You're a fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite character? Kind of a toss up. I put down uh, Gabriel Barnes guy, the man, and put down. Yeah. You know, I think Arnold did a fine job, but I think that the man just did a better job. I think that you're going with yeah, the man. I, I went with Jericho. I, I liked Arnold in this. Jericho one. has a big. Other than that very, very ending. Otherwise, I, I liked it. If it. I think he did, you know, an okay, you know, a good job. Like, like I said, I had no problem with I enjoy the movie. You know, it's one of those movies that I enjoy just watching. If you want to watch something that's kind of stupid, but whatever, I enjoy it. Kind of stupid, but there's some, some good lines in it, really, and a little bit of action. Uh, worst character. Christine. Christine. We sound like such mono- misogynist pigs because every movie it's like, up oh, the girl, the girl, the girl. I just didn't think. She... I think it's just they're not written well in the movies that we've picked no, so just, far. They're not. The other characters are better. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's, not my, it's not my fault. Unfortunately, it's just they haven't been given that good of a part. Sometimes it's just like who's the most annoying to, I think, part of it is. Yeah, that, that, that's usually part of it. All right, our top five for the week. Kevin Pollock movies. Would you like to go first or second, Mike? Um, I'll go second. I want to hear what you got. All right, so I I came up with six, so I'm going to have an honorable mention on one of them. Okay. And my honorable mention okay. is Wayne's World 2, uh, when he's the, the guy that works at the permit office with the uh, the eye that's got no pigment to it. The infamous... We'll cross our T's and dot R and everyone turns to look at him and he says lowercase J's instead of I's. Great line mm-hmm. by uh, Mike Myers. Number five, I have That Thing You Do where he's the announcer in Pittsburgh. Number four, I have The Usual Suspects. Number three, A Few Good Men. Number two, Willow. If you remember, he's one of the little guys, the little, little fairies that fall around. It is on my list as well. <laughs> yeah. And number one, the whole nine yards slash the whole ten yards. He's tremendous in those yeah, movies. Definitely. Um, agree. 
with the whole nine, whole 10 yards, for sure. I also have the usual suspects. I also have Willow. I have a few good men with uh, Tom Cruise. Um, I have Ricochet. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's got Denzel. No, I've not seen Ricochet. Pretty good movie. Um, and I threw a few honorable mentions in there because it's such a good movie, Casino. Yeah. And after they're in for shits and giggles, she's all that. Oh, he's the dad, right? Isn't the, the alcoholic pool, the pool dad? cleaner dad. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I had Grumpy Old Men slash Grumpier Old Men because those are really good movies that uh, are on TV constantly. But he's a pretty small role. He doesn't really have much in it. He's uh, Jack Lemon's son. Yeah. So I ended up taking him off because there were so many other good ones. But I had forgotten he was in Willow. Uh, until I started looking through stuff again, his character is awesome. Oh, yeah, he's like the, the there's two little small guys. Yeah, the fairies. Yeah, the other guy I looked him up is one of the two fat drunk guys that sits with Bill Murray at the bar in Groundhog Day that they get on the get in the car and drive up the train tracks with. That's the other guy. <laughs> Yeah, random random thing, but I, I had to look up who he was. There were, when I looked up on IMDb, the internet facts, there were, like, so many. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I was going to actually just uh, picked a, try and go through I, him, through these I, a little I, 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 I just want to say a few he read for you. Sure, you go first. <laughs> My favorite one. Uh, Miriam Margoyles. This is by far my favorite fact that I read. She's the one that played the old grandma nurse lady. Yeah. Revealed on a talk, though, that she did not enjoy her first and only experience working with Arnold. Citing the odd reason that in their scene together, he farted in my face. And she so <laughs> eloquently put it. That, that, I, I just started laughing out loud when I read that. I was just like, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. That's pretty cool. I wonder if he did it on purpose or if it was on accident and he didn't apologize. I think, too, I think that um, director-wise, Guillermo del Toro and Sam Raimi were offered. But I did see Sam Raimi's name on this, and he would have been pretty good. It would have been a little different. It would have probably been a lot more tongue I think it would have been probably a better movie. Uh, I, I agree. I think Sam Raimi would have been pretty good. Um, you may have even gotten Bruce Cam. In fact, Imagine swapping out Kevin Pollock for Bruce Campbell. Something else that Marcus Nispel, whatever his name is. I don't know which one that is. He was a, I think he was a director that was supposed to be on this movie too. It, when I first read it, it said he, he because of budget and script problems. But when I looked at other things, it said he quit the project not because of creative differences, but because of an embarrassment when a 64 page manifesto of his onset demands was leaked to the press. Oh, I did read about that, but I, I don't know who he is. I, I don't re- I don't recognize him anything. The one thing I thought was ridiculous too, they were talking about the other characters um, that possibly were going to play the man or Satan. And the the list is Kevin Spacey, Sean Beam, Pierce Brosnan, Sam Neill, Robin Williams, Tommy Lee Jones, John Goodman, Christopher Lloyd, John Lithgow, uh, Ron Perlman, Tom. Tim Robbins, George Clooney, Alec Baldwin, Jeremy Irons, Alan Rickman, Christopher Lee. Don't even know what that is. Willem von Holmberg, Armand Asante, John Travolta, Nick Cage, Arnold Voslo, 
Johnny Depp, Michael Keaton, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, Robert Neer, and Richard Gere. We're con- so all that is is the producer going, here's a list of names we should reach out to. That's all that is. None of those people probably consider I'm like, the movie. I'm like, what? Like, no offense. Don't even, don't even put that fact in there. Like, if you were seriously yeah. considering somebody else to play the part, yeah. like the part for Arnold Schwarzenegger was ri- originally written for Tom Cruise. Like, go ahead and put that in. But Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, go ahead and write that in. Or if their agent even responded, that would have been a good like one. Like they thought about Liv Tyler or Kate Winslet for Rob Tunney, Robin Tunney's part. Yeah. Which probably I think would have been better. Yeah, she wasn't very good. Liv Tyler would have been all right, but she has like the same. She was coming off Armageddon, and she kind of is the same. She has way. the same voice. She does the same thing in every movie. But, so, uh, do you have any more? I got, I got a no, couple. Go so we talked about this earlier, but Schwarzenegger did Batman and Robin '97. Uh, there was a gap because he had heart surgery after playing Mister Freeze, and the studios couldn't get him insured. So he said, no, I'm in good health. I'm in good health. So he was able to get on this and the people from universal came to watch him on set for like a week and it looked like he was fine. So they let him go and no, no one questioned him again. So he had heart surgery probably around 98 cause this Batman and Robin was 97. So it'd have been like 97, 98. And now that I'm thinking about, it, I kind of remember when he had that heart surgery. Another interesting thing. This was the last movie to be pressed in the Laserdisc format in the United States. Do you remember Laserdiscs? Those massive things? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Think those were supposed to be I the think future. I like one or two people that had those. Yeah. Those were supposed to be the future, and then they never really went anywhere. And the last one I have is Father Kovac says to Jericho Kane that, quote, Satan's greatest trick was convincing man he didn't exist. It's the same quote that is said in The Usual Suspects uh, by... Kevin Spacey right before like as part of his interview process throughout the movie. And again, as we depicted earlier with the cigarette starring both Gabriel Byrne and Kevin Pollack. I thought it was pretty cool that Gabriel Burns played both Satan and a priest in the same year. Yeah. I saw something. Um, oh, stigmata. That movie is not I, good. I actually didn't mind that movie. I thought it was okay. It's, it's just really weird. It's really weird. I think that's probably why I didn't like it. I think I just I couldn't it's get into it. It's also the but... first movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger died, not counting Terminator because he's not human. It's his first He's not human. Yeah. Unless you count Conan whenever he dies and they bring him back to life. <laughs> no. But he brought, they brought him back to life, so. All right, Mike. My favorite part, although there's not a lot to recast with this one, should it be remade? Um, I'm going to say I yes. You, yeah, I agree. You could definitely. Remember. But it can't, be, it can't be based on the millennium. I actually like the idea of putting Sam Raimi on it. And based on the two people I have as Jericho in Chicago, I think it would be really good. In fact, the whole cast I have, I think it'd be really good with Sam Raimi as it. Well, let's, let's, let's hear what you got. Yeah. Well, the question is, should the, the other thing we always ask is, well, we've started asking, should there be a sequel? And it's no, the main character's dead. Uh, supposedly they, they did a scene, as we said, where they resurrect him. But no, there's no point in, rem- in putting in a sequel to this movie. There's nothing to do. So, All right, so let's go character by character. For Jericho, I had Dominic West, who plays Jimmy McGinty in The Wire. Well. Cop, alcoholic. I think he'd be really good as Jericho. I went just with literally as soon as I thought of this person 
immediately just thought of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Very much lighter movie. Well, no, he's if you have Dwayne the Rock Johnson, he's played heavy stuff before. I guess like Walking Tall is kind of heavy, but even like Fast and the Furious, he doesn't joke much. He's very serious. He's in that skyscraper movie just right now, where like his family's like you know, yeah. He does add comedy in a lot of his movie, which he could if he wanted to, but he, I think he could do a fine, just dark, like hardcore action movie. Okay. Uh, for Chicago, and this is where my comic relief came in. I picked Adam Scott. I think uh, he has done. He actually was doing serious movies before he got cast in Step Brothers. And he had done a bunch of serious roles, so he decided to kind of come into this. And when they wrote him in, he was really good. And I think now that we talked about Sam Raimi being the person, the back and forth between Adam Scott and Dominic West, I think, would be really good. Or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I I put a couple people down that I thought could be good at this point. I've used this guy in another movie already. I put down Woody Harrelson or I put put like Robert Downey Jr., yeah, yeah. I I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. would sign off on being the number two, but he may be tired of being the number well, one. When so. you're when your number one is Dwayne Rock Johnson, who's the highest paid actor right now, actor he, in Hollywood, yeah. Okay, being the number two to him. That's true. That's true. You definitely would write bigger a bigger part for Robert Downey Jr. Because I was saying that. He'd be his, yeah, he'd have to have a lot more dialogue. Even like freaking Bradley Cooper or something, and just even that part, someone who's just a little witty. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's why. That's why I picked Adam Scott, and they're close to the same age. They're about four years apart, so I figured that would work. They're a little younger than Arnold and Kevin Pollock were in this movie, but only by a little bit. Uh, for Satan, I'm curious who you went with this. I ended up. I thought about it for a while and ended up with Justin Thoreau. I thought I'd go a little bit younger than what Gabriel Byrne was. Good looking dude. He could clean up on the chicks, uh, but I think he'd be really good as Satan. Slash the man. I I agree with that. You know, only Satan would break up with his, you know, ex. With Jennifer yeah. Aniston. <laughs> but it, he also already played a Wall Street banker once in American Psycho. Yes, he did. So I figured it would kind of be an easy transition. He looks good in a, t- in a suit, so he could pull it off. He looks good in a suit and likes to do cocaine in bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. I put down Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon would be good as Satan. You know, it, it, would be good this as Satan. one, I was like, you know, I was thinking of a lot. Like I thought about some people who are older, some people that maybe were younger about when it came down to it. You need someone who's decent looking is what I think. Although Kevin Bacon's starting to get looking a little weathered, but I agree. You know, it's like you need somebody that looks decent looking. You could use even like Keanu Reeves, maybe, you know, place that. Yeah, you know. I thought about Keanu too. And then I said, I don't want to. We already used it. He already did a movie very similar to yeah. this ish. I think he's done with the religious movies for now. So on to Christine. Now, this is a tough spot to fill because you got to find someone that's young. And we had this trouble when we did waiting. Mm-hmm. But I went through and I ended up with there's a girl named Debbie Ryan. She's on a TV show on Netflix now. She had a she was one of the Nickelodeon stars. She's young. She's only like 26 or something. Pretty girl. I figured she'd probably be a good fit in here. Debbie Ryan. I'm trying to think of who the heck she even is. Um, if you pull her up, you'll you'll recognize her. I don't know if I recognize her. I'm looking at her right now. Look, 
Okay. I picked uh, Haley Stein Steinfeld. Yeah, she could be good in there. Chick from True Grit. Yeah, I'm a fan of her. She's in the couple of the Pitch Perfect. Yeah, that's that's who I got for Christine. Thought because that's the same thing with me. It's like I'm trying to find somebody who's young. I'm like literally have to Google somebody who's young because I just don't know the young people. I, and I actually go by. I try and look on IMDb by year of birth to try and find. I legit people. Google people who are under the age of 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to pick out a few people. Yeah. So Detective Francis, I I went away from um, black. I went to white just because of the person that I thought of that I thought could be really good. And I picked Charlize Theron. I thought she could be really good as the detective Francis. That's kind of a pain in the ass and ends up turning and is, can be evil and rude and all that kind of stuff at the same time. I picked, uh, what's her name? Danny Gararia, whatever her name is. I don't even know how to pronounce her name, but she's the, um, the chick with the sword from the walking dead. Oh, I have. I don't watch the watch. She's Dead. also in Black Panther. She's like his, like the light right hand. Oh, okay. I know he's you're like the about. main. You know, like one of his little, little the main, uh, the main warrior, warriors yeah, or whatever. She always has like her little spear. Yeah, I'm looking her up now. Yeah, she's. A, I thought she'd be a pretty good little. Yeah, she could. She could fit it really well. Do you have anybody else you're trying to recap? No, I I thought about doing one of the like adding a priest or adding a pope, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I did Mabel, who was like the old chunky lady. I put down Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates is perfect. I don't know if she can she can uh, pull off the physical stuff well, anymore. I don't though. think that this lady could either. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, like Thomas Aquinas. I was like, you could pick any guy because he doesn't even say a word pretty much the whole time. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these pe- people I, I, that were picked be, it for this never really had anything I just thought else. Maybe be good in that like kind of dark kind of like role as like you know Tim Roth or something like that. Maybe I don't know. Sure. You know, the sure. head priestess slash psychiatrist. I said maybe like Jeremy Irons or something like that. I mean, any of these guys could play. And the character, the, the parts are so small. Like Father Kovac, who's pretty a pretty main character in the movie. It was like you know. Anybody, you know, I don't know, Gary Oldman. Um, sure. You know, even like Anthony Hopkins, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you you come in, get them this film for three days and send them on their way. That's all you really need them for. Anybody else you want to try and fill? Nah, not really. Everybody's so small. The parts are so small. They're, they're yeah, really, that's kind of why I only had a, a small list of people. Really, those four are all you need. Like, even Marge Francis, like, CeCe Patters, real like, She's in it a decent amount, but like when she's in it, she's in it for like a couple minutes and then she's gone. Like she probably has less than ten minutes of screen time in a two-hour movie. She's she uh, just doesn't get a lot of a lot of time on there. That's all I got, Ed. That's all I got too. Um, you know, again, not not one of Arnold's best, that's for sure. But but it's worth the watch. It's worth watching. It's worth having a, a laugh at and getting some good Arnold lines out of it. it. It's an, it's an interesting movie, but not one you need to go out of your way to, to see if it, if you spot it on TV, the TV though, it's, it's worth flipping on to. So our next movie, we're moving into football season. So we're going to be doing, 
I thought about numerous different ones, and I said, let's do the replacements. It's one of my favorite football movies we have, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. I know we're going back to the well with Keanu on it, but it's goofy, it's fun, but it's actually got some pretty good football scenes in it, too. I agree. It's fun. All right. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Email us at Worth the Watch Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you'd like us to add, remove, change, anything like that. Please keep sharing. Uh, the numbers are starting to go up, and it's awesome. It's exciting to see that every time I go and look. We're almost at 100 downloads for the, the Sandlot, and it looks like people are starting to start at the beginning because our earlier recordings are the ones that have more of them. So that's great. People are, are getting interested in listening to what else we have to say. So please keep sharing. And uh, we look forward to the next one. 